God is faithful. Amen? Amen. That wasn't good enough. <laughs> you got to help me out this morning. God is faithful. Amen. 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 Who clapped? <laughs> Thank you, love. Let's really join her. God is faithful. Amen. You are going to have to help me out this morning. Kleenex, you got the whole box down there, Glenda. Can I maybe get a few? <laughs> Thanks. Oh. Glenda and I have this incredible privilege to be able to, to share the message with you this morning. We're grateful for Carolyn and Fred for the way in which they've allowed us this opportunity to speak the Word of God this morning. And it's, we've come off this incredible series that they did along with Jacob around reconnection. Now this is an incredible reconnection moment. There are people that we haven't seen for such a long time, some of whom we haven't seen since pre-COVID days. Talk about reconnection. But they really took us through this journey of understanding the importance of reconnecting first and foremost to ensure that our connection with our Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is what it needs to be. That's where the first major connection really takes place. And then Jacob led us into this incredible teaching moment of, of our life groups and the importance of being together in this sense of community where we have 10 or 15 people, maybe a little bit less, gathering together on a regular basis to be there to support one another, to encourage one another, to build one another up. And then we talked about the, the, the connection to the church and the importance of the body of Christ how each one brings such a significant contribution. And that when you are contributing, there's something of the part of the body that's being missed out. And then we wound up with the whole sense of community. Understanding the value of the community in which God has called us to be a part of, to serve in, and to influence. But this morning what we're going to do is that we want to just draw our attention on remembering there's great value in, in reflecting and remembering beyond the most current reality. Remember where God has brought us. When you take a look at the scriptures, the Israelites were, when they were successful, and where, where land was conquered, or whether or not battles were won, or blessings were provided, you see over and over and over again where they would go ahead and build an altar of stones. And why did they do that? They did that because they wanted to ensure that the generations to come didn't forget the story that led to that moment of that altar being built. The significance of that. That God brought them through a very difficult season in life and continues to lead them through to this very day. But that was a significant moment for the followers of Yahweh. And so Glenn and I were honored this morning to remember God's faithfulness. And we read in Lamentations these, these great words, very familiar and I think so fitting in that we're approaching the Thanksgiving season. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 to 23. It says this, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
The English Standard Version says this about that same text. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't that great news? Isn't that great news? Our God is great in love. Our God is great in mercy. Our God is great with compassion. His faithfulness is constant. His faithfulness is consistent. For all ages and all times, our God is true to his character. He's faithful. So what we want to do is just take a look about God's faithfulness in the past. As we take a look at the text in which Kira read for us earlier from Joshua 1. And to then take a look at his faithfulness in the present as we claim some promises today. And his faithfulness for tomorrow as we surrender to the power of the Spirit, and as we humble ourselves to His purpose, His mission, His vision, under our new leaders, Fred and Carolyn. Joshua 1, it's, it's a powerful chapter. As a way of background, Joshua has now been appointed as the new leader of the Israelites. These people were some 39 years previous had the opportunity to enter into the promised land, but because of their disobedience, because of their denial, they were wandering in the desert. Moses had led them out of captivity, at captivity as you know, and had overseen that wandering experience. His leadership came to an end because he died. Now, Glenn and I aren't going to die. Nor am I even going to suggest that I'm Moses by any means, although I might look like it with this gray hair. But we know very well that then Joshua took over to lead the Israelites into the promised land and to lead them forward. So as we take a look at God's faithfulness in the past, the plan and vision that Moses was still unfolding Whether or not he was at the helm or not, it was still unfolding. The Israelites are at the very edge of the promised land. It's a new opportunity. And it didn't matter who was in charge. The vision was going to be fulfilled. Why was that? This is important for you to understand, friends. Because God was in control. God was in charge. God was supreme. God is faithful. And God simply goes ahead and uses those that he chooses to do his work. But the vision itself, it remains the same. It remains steadfast and sure. You see, Glenda and I, as we reflect back to the time of our arrival, we didn't bring any unique vision. But rather, God stirred in our hearts that which he was stirring in the hearts of the leadership of that day. That thought understood then is one that continues to be the one that inspires and we understand today. Is that God has a specific purpose for each one of us. God has a specific purpose for us as a congregation, as a body of believers. We weren't created just to exist, just to take up space, just to take up air. Although you matter to God, you were designed for a specific purpose in life. And that plan is found in part in contributing to the work and the vision that God has for his church through a relevant expression and as an integrated approach where we minister to the body, the mind, and the soul. When we talk about vision, 
We're not simply talking about a good idea, but rather a purpose and a passion which God has placed within the hearts of people that we continue to relentlessly pursue. It's a God-given and God-inspired vision that we want to wrap our arms around. Andy Stanley, many of you know him. He's a pastor in Atlanta, has a large church. He wrote a book called Visioneering, and he said this. If we were talking about good ideas, that would be different. Good ideas are limited to our connections and our resources. If you are simply pursuing a good idea, then you need to devote a great deal of time and energy to figure out how you're going to pull it off. A divine vision, on the other hand, is limited only by God's potential and resources. That means anything is possible. If it is a good idea, you have to make it happen. When God gives you a vision, there's a sense in which you just stand back and watch it happen. That has been part of our joy as we've ministered here over these 21 years. To watch how God is moving and has moved and for so many times for us to move out of the way and let God continue to take control. Part of God's vision and faithfulness is to use the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. We see that throughout the scriptures as well as today as he calls fishermen, doctors, teachers, businessmen, owners, many men and women of everyday life. It tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As you know, Glenda and I do our devotions, certainly separately, but also together. And we pray every single day together. And one of the prayers that we would be praying every single week, we wouldn't miss a week, would be this prayer. And we prayed this prayer for some 21 years, that God would continue to bring around us passionate, humble people that continue to allow their gifts to be used for the glory and the honor of God. Every week, we would pray that prayer. And as a result of that prayer, we've seen countless people, countless people stepping up, putting on that servant towel, willing to take positions of responsibility within the church, willing to continue to serve the community. The percentage of people that participate is overwhelming and humbling. Recognizing that we can't pay everybody to do ministry, nor should we. But God has designed the body to be an effective instrument to bring glory and honor to him. We commit before you and Fred and Carolyn today that we're going to continue that prayer. That God will bring around Fred and Carolyn humble, passionate people that will continue to allow their gifts to be used for the vision that God has inspired us to follow. They can't do it on their own, friends. That's not the design of Scripture, as Fred talked about a couple of weeks ago. God's vision is greater than any one individual. 
Because God is a, a great God. A.W. Tozer said this, God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things we can do by ourselves. And we see evidence of that in biblical history where the Spirit's direction has been confined to that which people feel comfortable with. Limiting God to their level of understanding. And friends, we have to ensure that that kind of mindset and almost trap of the devil does not infiltrate who we are as the church. Understanding that when God calls us to be a part of something, he equips, that he enables us. Because he is a faithful God. He has a vision, and he has a people, and he's going to continue to equip and empower them. But as we look to God's faithfulness for the present, we need to realize that how is never a problem for God. It's usually a big problem for us. We can almost panic. We can get almost anxious over it, but it's not a big problem for God. How is God's specialty? The Old and New Testament teaches many things. And it teaches us many things. They teach us that nothing is impossible or too big for God. What he originates, he orchestrates. Can you remember one Old or New Testament story in which the responsibility of figuring out how a divine vision would be fulfilled fell to the men or the women to whom God gave the vision? Did Moses have to come up with a way to get the Israelites out of Egypt or across the Red Sea? When Jesus told the apostles to feed the 5,000, were they responsible for figuring out how to make the five loaves and two fishes go as far as they did? Think about it. When the Virgin Mary conceived, was it her responsibility to figure out how to conceive the Savior of the world? Were the disciples responsible for figuring out how to get the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth? Absolutely not. In every situation, this is another quote from Andy Stanley's book, Visioneering, God orchestrates events in such a way that those involved recognized the thumbprint of God. These were ordinary men and women who just did what they knew to do while never losing sight of the vision that God had birthed in their hearts. Now, as Joshua, and thank you, by the way, Kira, for reading Joshua 1 so beautifully for us. As Joshua led the Israelites to the promised land, it was vital that God communicate with both Joshua and the people words of encouragement and courage. And we all need, that's why we need the words so, so much. We need it every day to gain the encouragement, to gain the courage to understand what he calls us to and how he's going to bring that to fruition in our lives. But God provided Joshua and the people with a few key phrases that we want you to embrace some of you already have embraced these, these verses in your lives already, but God's word is the greatest motivator. So as we move forward to the next chapter 
in the life of this church, in the life of you as people, God's people, let's remember some things that Joshua heard from God. First of all, he said, I will give you every place where you set foot. Kira read those words. I will give you every place where you set foot. Now, what that means is, follow me. Follow my lead. Don't just go off on your own pathway. Follow my lead, and I will take care of your needs. I will help you to fulfill the vision that God has implanted or that I have implanted in your heart. He also said, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Victory is ours when we live in the will of God. Remember that. Victory is ours when we live in the will of God. And God said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Those infamous words. And then, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now let's be honest. There have been daunting situations in your life and in my life, in the life of this church. And there will continue to be daunting situations in your life and my life and the life of this church. But these words from the Lord to Joshua remind us to not grow discouraged, but rather to be strengthened by the knowledge that he's with us wherever we go. Whatever season in life we are in, God will not abandon us as we follow his leading and his will. God is faithful. Amen. You know, prior to our arrival, we, there was a buzzword that we heard before we even got here 21 years ago, and that was potential. We heard that Newmarket slash Aurora had amazing potential and opportunities to be lived out. And when we look to the present and God's faithfulness, Remaining true to his vision, to his word, and his mission, which particularly for Northridge, I hope you know this, to know Christ better and make him better known. I thought I would have a following of people saying that with me. To know Christ better and make him better known. That's been our mission. When I think about that, Recognizing the potential and the possibilities are still great. And there are many opportunities to be realized. If you look around, even just directly to the north, to the north and the south of this church, the communities which we continue to serve are growing. They will continue to grow. The spiritual thirst of all people still needs to be quenched. Basic human needs require compassion and action. Uh, a verse that came to my mind this week as we were preparing is the verse from Micah 6 and 8. The question is asked, what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of me? What does the Lord require of us? The answer, 
maybe some can say this with me, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. God has established and equipped Northridge to join him in that. Let's be part of that. May we continue to claim the promises given to Joshua as we pursue and display God's love, his mercy, his faithfulness in the coming days. To the past. God is still faithful today, and he's going to be faithful to tomorrow. In our text, we have the Israelites at the very edge of a new opportunity that had been promised them for so many years. The vision was now before Joshua to fill, to lead more than a million people into a strange land and conquer it. What a challenge, even for a man of Joshua's caliber. Every new step, my friends, is a challenge. Without God, it can be frightening. But with God, it's the greatest of adventures. Amen? Amen. Amen. So as we look to the future and God's faithfulness, may we be obedient to the instructions as found in Joshua. Jacob's going to love this part because it really leans into what he's been stressing as of late where it says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Be strong and courageous. Verse 7 really talks about reminding people about the truth. Friends, we need to embrace the truth that's found in the Word of God more so than ever today. Embrace the truth and daily read and obey God's Word. Daily read and obey God's Word. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you, if you don't do that, make this a landmarking moment for you, October the 2nd, 2022, where you say, yes, today, I'm going to start reading the Bible every single day. I'm going to follow a plan. I'm going to get into a, a group, a life group. See, Joshua reminds us about the basic truths of following our mighty God. And as we move forward, I can't think of any more than to remember these practices of the Christian faith. God is faithful. We are excited as we sat in at the last staff meeting to hear that there's some 130, and there's still two groups that haven't started yet, 130 people already joined in life groups. 130. You know what? There's many more opportunities, friends. But that's almost 40% of our congregation, our active congregation that's connected to life groups. Friends, we, we applaud you. We praise God for the way in which he has stirred your heart and for the way in which he's directing you because this is all about the future. 
as we continue to lean, as we continue to meditate on the very word of God. That's what our future has to hold because he's going to lead us through his spirit and through his word to the great promises that he has for us. I'm going to invite Kim, if you could, Kim, just to come and maybe you can play, begin to play our next song over for us. I'm going to invite Glenda to come up because what we want to do is just, just share with you some, a couple of just two promises that we want to leave you with. One was at the very, very onset of our ministry here. We claimed it. It was on the bulletin when we used to use those. It was on there every single Sunday. It's from Isaiah, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, 31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men and women stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. One of my favorite verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's a huge step for some people. That might mean changing some actions and steps and changing some lifestyle. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then it says, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, not just in some ways, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And then it says, once we've done those three things, this is, they're the premises before the promise. And he says, then I will make your path straight. It doesn't say that it's going to be perfect. Or shouldn't say, not be easy. God's ways are always perfect. But it's not always going to be easy, but they'll be straight. And he'll walk with you. And he'll talk with you. And he'll lead you forward. Kim's playing this song that's one of my favorites. It's how great is the love. Felicia, come on up. And Rebecca. And we want this to be a moment for you as a congregation to understand the expanse of God's love that's hovering over you on a daily basis. That he's with you. He goes before you. Just like Joshua, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to abandon you. And there's great things yet to come for this church today and tomorrow. But may we continue to remember God's faithfulness in the past as we look to the future. Father, we thank you for this privilege of opening up your word. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that Glenda and I both have had over these years to, to serve you, to serve this congregation. We love you, Lord. 
And we love these people. And you loved us so much that you gave your one and only son. Because your compassions and your mercy, they're new every morning. Great are you as our faithful God. So we pray today, Lord, that if there is anyone in our midst that may not know you as Lord and Savior, that they would come to the realization of of acknowledging their sin, declaring who you are, that you died on the cross for everyone, And for those, Lord, that perhaps have drifted somewhere, I pray, Father, that in this moment, at this time, that they would find themselves coming and kneeling in their hearts before you. For how great is your love. So may you have your way, Lord. Use your word and move with your spirit in this moment. For we pray in the name of Christ. Amen.